the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Diamonds are forever They are all I need to please me They can stimulate and tease me My name is Britton. Greg Britton. And how do you like your martinis, Mr. Britton? Shaken, not stirred. Do you even drink martinis? On occasion. Do you? On occasion. I, you know, I don't understand. I mean, I get the whole variety of martinis thing that's out there. You know, all the exotic vodkas and stuff. But martinis never did anything. I don't know. Just as no, it's not one of my favorites. No. Now I'm an old fashioned drinker. I like a good old fashioned, a prop, a properly made old fashioned. That's what I like. That's you know. But I, that's the way I go. Um, speaking of diamonds, Greg, did you know that this past week, scientists that study the Earth's geology released a study that suggests that perhaps as much as a quadrillion tons of diamonds may be buried 100 miles below the Earth's surface. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. See, that's the kind of very practical information that you get here on United IE Radio. So, ladies, start digging. (laughs) No, yeah, actually, this, uh, you know, I'm an amateur gemologist, so this kind of stuff catches my attention. And when I read that there were a, that there might be a quadrillion tons i mean a, a a carrot just you know a one carrot is a fifth of a gram five carrots make a gram uh a thousand grams make a kilogram so when you talk a quadrillion tons of diamonds that's a boatload of diamonds that's a lot and now i'm sure there's some practical ramification to this news which well, you're going to give us momentarily only that it kind of went with the theme song of the 007 James Bond Diamonds Are Forever that we played. And we played that in homage to, you know, the great nemesis of James Bond, which, of course, took one form or another of Russia. And that's kind of what unfolded all week long is Russian hysteria. And I got to say, one thing that did not happen during this Russian hysteria had anything to do did you notice that the media not once said that had hillary clinton been our president that none of this would have happened Uh, i I never heard that yeah not one single time did you hear anyone uh mention that it had had it had we been you know having hillary clinton as president uh, none of this russian stuff would have happened perhaps because we never would have known Right, and we also know that she that her campaign did collude with Russia by getting the Russian disinformation in the dossier. 
That's right. Which, which then included with the FBI and Department of Injustice to the to spy on Donald Trump and his campaign based on that. Which we only know in the fullness of time. We did not know that at the time. And that's why, Greg Britton, we are celebrating a special today. Day. Special day. It's a special day. It's Nacho Day. Really? I, you know, I, I, I did not know that until you told me that this morning. Yeah, Nacho Day. This is the day of celebrating Nacho. It is day, in fact, it is 547 days uh, that we are celebrating Nacho. And this is the day we celebrate, in fact, every day that Hillary Clinton is Nacho president. Worthy of celebration, let's break out the tequila versus margaritas. Every day we got to celebrate that. Every single day we can celebrate that Hillary Clinton is Nacho president. You know, in so many ways, that's true. As you mentioned, we would have we would not know anything about the corruption of the FBI and Department of Injustice and the intelligence agencies if she had been elected as expected. Right. And in fact, Russia would you know, uh, Russia would still be our friend and still be a wonderful country. Oh, if, and, uh, if 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 Hillary Clinton had been elected, and we would have probably pulled out another staple styled reset button that Hillary Clinton was advised didn't actually say reset they had it in russian this this reset button and it actually was not translated properly as reset uh that caused us quite a bit of embarrassment but if you listen to the mainstream media you never would have known that that happened absolutely and uh maybe she maybe she could also like barack obama did promise more flexibility after her next election it's amazing. You know, we we watched this and we'll talk and uh, we have a great guest coming up in our second half, Joel Pollack of Breitbart News. Is you watch this media hysteria, the the entire left, the entire Democrat Party and all Republicans in Washington, they move like a school of fish. They turn on a dime in whatever the new direction is. Oh, Trump is a traitor. Oh, Russia collusion. Oh, whatever, whatever it is, they they move in unison as this like a school of fish. Well, they do, and if you've ever noticed, whenever there is there is news that the media wants to uh, collaborate on and uh, spread uniformly, they'll even use some of the same words, the same language, even. And a lot of times, these words aren't even in the normal lexicon of most people. They'll use words that are outside normal conversation, and it's a dead giveaway that they uh, that they collaborate. In fact, I, we mentioned. I, I want to go back to this reset button that Hillary Clinton gave to the uh, uh, Russians. Uh, he, she presented Lavrov with this gift wrapped red button, which was supposed to say "reset" in English. That was spelled "peregruska." Peregruska. The problem was Peregruska doesn't mean reset. It means overcharged or overloaded. <laughs> and Lavrov called her out on it. Now, can you imagine if a member of the Trump administration made a basic problem? Now, this is the State Department. We're supposed to have hundreds of Russian trained linguists working all through the government, particularly in military and diplomatic corners of our government. That they got that wrong? I mean, imagine what they would have done to the Trump administration had had uh, a Secretary of State of Donald Trump's handed Russia a button that was mis uh, that, that misused a Russian word and got it wrong. This would have been grounds for nuclear war, according to the media. 
Right. It would, it would have been the standard media line. Republicans are stupid. And see, here's the evidence. And, of course, they ignore any such mistakes like that when they're on the other side. Exactly right. Well, we've got some serious issues to talk about this week. We are fortunate to be sponsored by this half hour by our good friend and good buddy, Ed Hoffman. And uh, we're going to hear a word from Ed, and we will return with more analysis and conversation about the week that was. We'll be back to celebrate more of Nacho Day after this word. From Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now's the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And one of the aspects of of Donald Trump's trip to Europe that got less attention in the course than his, uh, quote, treason, unquote, uh, from a press conference was his remarks on immigration and and how mass immig- and the effects of mass immigration on Europe and you don't see of course if you watch mainstream media you see none of it but even on conservative media you don't see a lot of it unless you look at things like Jihad Watch or uh, Pamela Geller or and, and similar that track the effects of the mass Muslim immigration in Europe, the no-go zones, the crime, the uh, large-scale sexual assaults that have gone on in these in these countries, and straining their welfare budgets, and so on, and so on, and so on. And he's and Donald Trump said that you know that, that, that Europe is losing its culture; they're losing their civilization because of this uncontrolled mass immigration of people who do not share, and are not likely to share. The, the values of the West, of freedom and self-government. Well, I think that some of that is missed in their basic, I guess, uh, I want to say education, but I, I don't know, where, where, where does this knowledge or this belief that certain rights are inalienable is, do, do, do we get born and grow up believing that we intrinsically have these rights and then it gets pounded out of us or do we almost have to be i want i don't i don't mean to use the word indoctrinated but that's the one that occurs to me do we have to be indoctrinated into that belief well i I think you have to it's something that you learn 
Now, there may be some on some level a, a, a human yearning to be free balanced against a human yearning to be part of the group and to be a sheep in the pasture being taken care of rather than responsible for your own life would be and the good consequences or the negative consequences. Uh, I, I could look up the exact quotes, but John Adams said that people have to be instructed in liberty. Uh, Ronald Reagan said that freedom is only one generation away from extinction and it has to be passed on affirmatively to the next generation. Great points. And it seems to indicate that this is not in our nature to uh, sort of understand that we have these right. Of course, nobody wants to be hurt. We don't want to be physically hurt. We avoid that. Um, therefore, I mean, obviously, we don't want to be have anyone attack us. So we have the right to defend our person. Um, at some point, though, we had to grow out of this uh, culture throughout the world of how do we even get here? We're supposed to be talking about Russia, and we're talking about where do rights, where does our understanding of immigration, rights come from? Immigration and the effect of 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 of, right. un, of of uncontrolled mass immigration on countries when you're bringing in people from a different culture with different beliefs, different ideology. That's 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 going to affect your country. And how do you ever get them to appreciate that our Western culture embraces these rights, these inalienable rights, when they've grown up? not even recognizing the possibility that they have these rights or that government should be instituted among men to protect those rights. Well, especially in the case if you're bringing in large numbers of, of Muslims, they have, a, they have a very different belief system. Whereas it is not based on individual rights. It is not based on life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is based on serving Allah, obeying Allah, and obeying the rules of Islam. Islam itself uh, means submission. Now, obviously not all. And there are, and there yeah, but are, let, and, me, let me push and, and, back and, and, on that and, a little and, and, and bit. There are, and there are, there's so many Muslims that believe in liberty and believe in, 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 in tolerance and believe in, okay, we, you know, we may go to mosque, you may go to church, you may go wherever, but that's, not, but that's different than the ideology itself. But we, you know, do we do we submit to God in certain ways to his to his uh, or, you know, his her, um, you know, we some we say we have a choice under Christianity. You have a choice. You may and you may choose to reject God. Free will. We have you may choose to recognize free will. You may you may choose to reject Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And according to Christianity, you if 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 you that's your choice, you will suffer the consequences after you after you die. Yep. But 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 in this world, you have a choice. There's nothing in Christianity that says go out and kill the non-believers. Jesus said, never said anything like that. No, it was all about love and helping your right. neighbors. And yeah, there was never anything militaristic or political, in fact, about, you know, the way that, uh, you know, Jesus, the son of God, went about his uh, salvation work of uh, us heathens here on this planet, um, of which none of this, of course, has anything to do with Russia or some of the other stuff that we talked about that we want to talk about. But there is a segue here from this conversation. I hope so. To Oregon. They they actually got on their ballot a measure. Now, Oregon has a sanctuary state bill, which, of course, protects 
uh, illegal alien criminals from deportation from ICE, similar to SB 54, which is our sanctuary state bill. Right. Oregon, though, this week did something that I'm kind of surprised about. You shared with me. What did they do? What's amazing is, is that with all volunteer effort, they qualified an initiative to repeal the Oregon sanctuary state law. Now, there they needed 80, a little over 88,000 signatures for a much smaller population state than we have in California. But that's going, that's going to be on their ballot. I'm, I'm not sure if it's 18 or 20. Maybe it's probably 18, but I'm, I'm not sure of, the, uh, sure of that point. But the big point is they were successful with volunteer effort only in, in gathering the signatures. There's an organization called Oregon, Oregon's Oregonians for Immigration Reform. And uh, maybe we can get the leader of that on on a, on a future show here. So that so that's that's a big deal because there is a pending initiative here in California. If you, if you go to fightsanctuarystate.com, uh, that that's the website for it, and it's now out for signatures. So the, so the clock is running, and whether we could, can we mount a similar effort here in California with all the various patriot and conservative groups. To gather the signatures, yeah, can you raise some money? Their budget for California to qualify was four million dollars. That would be a, that would be one dollar for every four for the four million people who voted for Donald Trump in 2016 in California. So they had to gather eighty eight thousand signatures. Now I do have a, an an update from the Unite IE news desk about the number of registered voters in Oregon. Uh, as of July, there are two million. 681,000 registered voters in Oregon. So 88,000 required to do this, uh, 268, I'm, I'm sorry, 2,681,000 voters. Uh, Greg, quickly, what percentage of the electorate is that? I don't have enough fingers to uh, figure, that, figure that out here on the fly. So I, I, what I'm getting at is, does their percent, their, their, but at any rate, they, they, pat, they, they got it on their ballot. Yeah, we Which need, we need about 384,000 signatures to valid signatures, and we know that the Democrats in the various offices will try, will try to disqualify signatures on disfavored initiatives. So you probably need 50 to 100 percent more than that to get a, dis, a politically disfavored initiative like this one qualified. That actually works out to 3.2 percent of the registered voters. So 88,000 voters out of 2.6 million represents 3.2% of their registered voters. At any rate, there is a ballot measure that is uh, attempting to get qualified. Uh, it would get qualified for the 2020 election. And that website again? Is fightsanctuarystate.com. And after this word from Ed Hoffman, we have a very, very special event coming up here in the Inland Empire we're going to tell you about. But first, Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your direct mortgage lender. If you're considering a new home purchase or a refinance of a current home, and you know everything about every financial option, your income is plain vanilla, straight salary, and you've got perfect credit, then perhaps dealing with one of those online lenders you see on TV makes sense. However, if you don't consider yourself a financial expert, and you want someone you can trust to listen to what you're looking for and suggest the best option for you, then call us at Wholesale Capital at 855-640-2020. Whether you're a millennial buying your first house, a baby boomer wondering how to get out of debt before retirement, or a retiree who needs a plan to help you live more comfortably, we can find products and strategies to fit your scenario. 
In the age of rising interest rates, increasing home values, and mortgage products that are changing daily, you might want to talk to the experts that can help you navigate through some options to figure out the best plan for you. Call Wholesale Capital at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, weekends right here on AM590, The Answer. AM590, The Answer. Lincoln was elected to unite a country and stop slavery. Democrats smeared him, went to war against him, assassinated him. Now their target is Trump. America was never great. Slavery, genocide, and war. Donald Trump wins the presidency. So help me God. They say he's killing America. There will be a vote to impeach. They say he's a racist. This was a white lash. And a fascist. Who are the real racists? Well, you'll recognize the voice in that little soundbite there as none other than Dinesh D'Souza, the freshly pardoned filmmaker, author, conservative activist who has produced a new movie, Greg. Yes, and his latest movie is called Death of a Nation, a play on the... uh now infamous, but for in terms of just a movie history, Birth of a Nation, uh, the, which celebrated the work of the, quote, work of the Ku Klux Klan. Right. And which was well received, by the way. It was, it was the first movie shown in the White House, then by occupied by Democrat Woodrow Wilson. It is just amazing. We're going to have a nice chat with Joel Pollack of Breitbart in our next uh, half hour. Um, but it is just amazing how hard Democrats work at obscuring the history of America when it doesn't serve their purposes. In fact, goes contrary to everything they say they stand for now, but whose policies don't seem to fulfill that. The reason why we're playing that is that this is a brand new film of Dinesh D'Souza's. It is coming out in theaters, I believe, starting August 3rd. Officially, yes. And, but but you get to join us for a very special Unite IE event on July 30th, Monday night in Riverside. In fact, at the Regal Riverside Plaza Stadium 16 Theaters at 3535 Riverside Plaza Drive. You can go to the UniteIE.com website for more information. And you can watch the premiere with about 190 other fellow patriots and in and of itself that's going to be a great, great night. But there's more. But there is more because we have someone joining us for that premiere who's become a bit of a folk hero among conservatives. He's gone viral with his video talking about how he hashtag walk away from the Democrat Party. And actually, that's not right grammar. I'm using the correct hashtag. He walked away from the Democratic Party. But his video, uh, which started the hashtag walk away campaign, went viral uh, about a month and a half ago now, and about two weeks ago, he was right around the July 4th week, so that was starting July 2nd, he appeared on Tucker Carlson, he appeared then on the Laura Ingram show. He, and of course, our show. And then of course, our show, and then uh, Judge Jeanine Pirro on Saturday, um, uh, who's the uh, Fox Business guy, Payne? Um, Thomas, no, not Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine, that's who I... <laughs> any rate. That, 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 was, that was a previous Thomas Paine. Yeah, so he was, he's been all over the media. He has been out, you know, sort of resting up a trip uh, over in Europe. But he, Brandon Strzok, the guy that started this, the, the, the now infamous 
video, six-minute video, where he talks about why he walked away from the Democratic Party. That very same Brandon Strzok will be in Riverside at this premiere at 7 o'clock. Well, actually, he won't get there until about 8. But he will be, after the premiere, joining us to give us a talk, answer questions, and for a meet and greet. And it's very reasonable. The cost is going to be $15. You get a DVD of Dinesh D'Souza's previous movie. He's made a whole series of these of these very good right. documentaries about the history, about Obama, about America, and all the, and how that's, her history is being rewritten by the left and by the Democrat Party into something negative when it was actually one of the, the founding and creation of America was a great event in human history in advancing human freedom and self-government. And this latest one, Death of a Nation, about what, can we save America from the Democrat Party and the left that wants to tear down and replace the principles that made our country great, free, and prosperous with leftism, with socialism. And we all know how well that works out. Absolutely. Everywhere it's been tried. Dinesh D'Souza's movies usually sell out at premieres. I have no doubt, given the pairing that we've got here of both the premiere of Dinesh D'Souza's movie, as well as the appearance of Brandon Strzok, who is going to be out here for the L.A. uh, premiere uh, on Tuesday night. But he's coming into Riverside on Monday night, so we're getting him first. The first 190 people can get their tickets for 15 bucks. We're also going to turn this into a little bit of a fundraiser for Brandon because, as you know, activism is not cheap, and Brandon uh, doesn't have a day job. Yeah. Watch Facebook. Watch your email. We're going to be pushing this out and pushing it out and pushing it out. This is a great, great event that you do not want to miss. You're going to be sorry if you don't get in on this. This is something we're going to be talking about for weeks, if not months. That's uh, going to be the premiere of... Dinesh D'Souza's brand new movie and Brandon Strzok on July 30th. Look for the information. And we got Joe Pollock coming up in second half. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We are pleased and honored to have back on the show Joe Pollock. Uh, the senior editor at Breitbart News, uh, started life in South Africa as a liberal, became a lawyer. We will not hold that too strongly against you. Had a brief foray into elected politics where he uh, narrowly lost to the incumbent Democrat for Congress in Illinois by 66 to uh, 31 percent. But that yeah, was actually the not ga- exactly a narrow loss. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, can, can we say that we're glad you lost because we'd much rather have you uh, in, in your warrior self at Breitbart than slogging it out in Congress? I was going to say that. You so know anyway, what? Yeah, go ahead. I, I think I think we've had uh, some great success here at Breitbart, and I would have loved to serve my hometown district uh, back in Illinois, in Washington. I think it would have been a great experience. I think the district would have benefited from it. It would have been awesome. But there are two facts. One is that the Democrats won the state legislature and the governor's race that year, so they would have just districted me out of office like they did the other Tea Party people who won that year. So it would have been a short-lived experiment, although an impactful one, I hope. Mm -hmm. And the other fact is that we have a huge impact here at Breitbart, and I'm not sure that it's less of an impact than I would have had as a congressman. I mean, I think the news I report, some of the opinion articles I'm able to get out there have 
more resonance, I think, than if you're listening to another congressman in the Capitol Rotunda on cable news. I, I think we've been able to do an incredible amount here at Breitbart. I've certainly learned a lot, but I think we've had a huge impact and, and maybe even bigger um, than I would have had in Congress. Although ultimately, this is about winning elections. Yes. Being able to yeah, vote on is. the right mm-hmm. things. But, but I, I, you know, I'm really grateful for this opportunity and I'm proud of what we've done. Before we turn to the subject that we asked you on about Russia and your world-famous Bowinkle impression, what's happening with Breitbart? I mean, I've seen stuff that uh, the, the traffic is down. There, you just publicized how this, how this this uh, fake sleeping news. giant, fake news. the yeah. sleeping well, watch giant. Them, watch every few every few weeks uh, they put out that story, uh, and it's always false. So I would just ignore it. Okay, okay. that's good. And you just had there was yeah. a series. There was an article just this past week about this campaign sleeping giant trying to uh, intimidate and harass your advertisers and other conservative websites. Their advertisers do not advertise. So obviously you're still you're still there. How 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 is Breitbart doing? We're doing great. We're having fun, putting out great stories. We are having an impact on the political debate and. It's fun. I mean, I really enjoy what we do here. The campaigns against us have all failed. They failed on their own terms. And then uh, the Sleeping Giants campaign failed to protect its own anonymity. They left too many clues around. Right. And now the guy, uh, Matt Rivlet is his name, has been exposed as being behind it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're proud of what you're doing in the political arena, you put your name to it. You don't have to hide. You don't have to hide. Right. Right. I, I I understand that there are people who um, have opinions they want to express but can't because they're in sensitive jobs or they're afraid of retaliation. I'm not against people using pseudonyms when it comes to protecting themselves from negative consequences of expressing their views. But when you're using a pseudonym as a sword and not as a shield and you're using it to go after people and Mm -hmm. shut them up, which is what they were trying to do, then I think it's in the public interest to expose who you are. And I, I think that now that the shoe's on the other foot, I see that they're complaining about uh-huh. harassment on Twitter. Well, you know, nobody should be harassed. Sure. But I think that they really ought to uh, be embarrassed and they ought to be roundly criticized for what they did because it's against free speech. They right. say, oh, you know, the Constitution doesn't say anything about this. It's all protected by the First Amendment. Yeah. I'm not talking about the First Amendment. I'm talking about free speech, which is not just a legal and constitutional principle, but, also, but is also a cultural principle. You know, the open society uh, doesn't belong to George Soros. The open society, uh, lowercase o, lowercase s, um, is something we all want. And you can't have an open society when people are punishing each other for their views. The whole purpose of public debate is to convince each other to change our minds. And if you punish someone for having the wrong view, you can never do that. You just divide us even further into opposing camps and you can never make any progress. Uh, and that's what they stand for. Sleeping Giant stands for destroying their opponents. And I'm glad that Rivlitz and his co-conspirators are uh, embarrassed and humiliated because they deserve to be. Great point. And I, I think you may have even answered this. Do you feel that economic warfare is a tool that's missing in the conservatives' war chest? Or did you just answer that by saying that that's something that is a little bit beneath us? I don't think conservatives should do that. I think that conservatives 
should not indulge in boycotts. I'm not opposed to counter boycotts, but I'm not particularly thrilled by them either. I understand them as, you know, to make a rhetorical point. Gotcha. But, you know, the motto here at Breitbart is more voices, not fewer voices. And I say, you know, let people be jerks. Let people make fools of themselves. Andrew Breitbart almost never called for anybody to, to be fired over a bad opinion or something offensive they'd said. In fact, he preferred to have the most offensive people still employed by his competitors and by his enemies because right. he was uh, fond of attacking them for that very reason. So yeah, it was, it was, um, gotcha. Good stuff. It, it, it's Good not, stuff. I understand conservatives feeling that temptation, but I, I don't think, first of all, it almost never works. And secondly, I, I think again, for the same reasons that I opposed the sleeping giants was doing, I think it's inimical to free speech. Okay. I would just differ on that. I think that a better world would be, you're, the one you just proposed, but we're in what Andrew called the long war for the soul of America, and I don't think we can unilaterally disarm. Related question, how is, you, Breitbart's written a lot about the social media censorship of conservatives. Is that affect, how is that affecting Breitbart, and how should we approach the social media censorship? Well, what's interesting is that Breitbart has done very well on Facebook and on Twitter, uh, Facebook particularly keeps changing its algorithms. And when we win the game, according to the new rules, they change the rules again. So they keep changing the way they do hmm. things. Right, right now they've got this funny little feature on Breitbart and on other news sites that lets you see more information about that news source. And when you find out the, the information about Breitbart, it's all from Wikipedia. So Facebook's been accused of fake news, and they're trying to push back against that perception. But they're using Wikipedia to tell their users about the news sources on Facebook, uh, which is ridiculous because Wikipedia is, first of all, it's left-wing, and secondly, it's subject to all kinds of manipulation and vandalism. So it has a lot of fake news on its uh, site, uh, the Wikipedia entry, right. about Breitbart. And so um, Facebook's actually propagating fake news more so now than they were before. Um, but look, you got to just keep at it, keep working on these platforms. That, that would be my approach. Just keep keep putting your stuff in there, keep sharing articles, uh, keep fighting, because eventually, eventually, free speech will prevail, but only if we never give up. We have thank, to just keep fighting. Thank you for the encouragement there. Yeah. Now, we get to the issue which we asked... I reached out to you on this is just amazing events to me is this is with Donald Trump's summit with with uh, Vladimir Putin and not not so much the summit but the reaction among not only the Democrats the mainstream media but I repeat myself but the Republicans right. as well the entire establishment in unison we cannot dare question anything that the quote intelligence community unquote says, notwithstanding all the evidence over the last two years of their blatant political bias? Well, first of all, they're all uh, suggesting that that's what Trump did in the press conference with Putin. It's actually not what he did. If you look at what he said, the remark that everybody seized on and, and misconstrued, he said he had confidence in his intelligence officials, but Putin also made a very strong denial. He wasn't saying that he necessarily believed Putin's denial. What he was basically saying is, look, there are two stories here. I'm giving Putin credit for the sincerity of his objection because he wants to get along with the guy. He wants to have a better diplomatic relationship with Russia. You might, you might not believe that's the right thing to do, but that's his goal. And he's decided he's going to put some of these other things behind, uh, put them in the past and, and move forward. 
people have misconstrued that as attacking America's intelligence agencies. Now, you can understand why Trump would be suspicious of the intelligence agencies. Uh, he did say in another part of the press conference <laughs> of that they hadn't they hadn't uh, gotten the DNC server and you know some of their. He, he wasn't satisfied with the conclusions thus far of the Justice Department. And I think that's healthy. Imagine how much better the world would be today if George W. Bush had been more skeptical of the intelligence that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. I mean, I don't believe the left wingers who say that Bush lied, people died, right. that nonsense. Um, but he, he was given intelligence, and he acted on that intelligence. And others believe the intelligence as well. The British believe the intelligence. The intelligence turned out not to be true or, or not to be completely true. And we risked a lot, and, and we've suffered a lot, I think, because of that. You know, I, I think the war could have been won if Barack Obama hadn't been elected. It, Bush's it was. surge in Iraq was was the right thing to do. Right. I mean, I, th- I think Bush showed great courage there. So I, I don't think his record is you know, completely negative on Iraq. But the net effect of the Iraq war was to give Iran a strategic advantage in the region. We have to admit that. That wasn't the, in- the intent, and I don't know how foreseeable that was at the time. But that's where we are today. Uh, Obama made things worse by refusing to turn the screws on Iran and giving them a lifeline and you know, billions of dollars in cash. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, I, but I think that leaders in general should be more skeptical of intelligence, and they should push harder on intelligence. You know, one of the greatest intelligence failures of the last few decades was the intelligence failure to predict that India was going to detonate a nuclear device. Remember that in the late 90s mm-hmm. under Bill Clinton? India went nuclear, and then Pakistan went nuclear a week later. That was hugely destabilizing, and it led in some ways to the current round of proliferation because the Pakistani nuclear expert, A.Q. Khan, who was responsible for that program, disseminated his knowledge and information all over the world, all sorts of rogue regimes like North Korea and others. So, you know, I think that that was a huge intelligence failure. And and I think that the reason we have civilian control of our military and our intelligence is so that people outside of the institutions – act as a check on the power of those institutions. Trump is doing his constitutional duty by saying that the intelligence needs to be better, that there needs to be more evidence before he's willing to risk war. That's what is actually at stake here. If you're accusing Russia of attacking our country, and some of these media commentators are coming right out and saying it, like Chris Cuomo of CNN basically suggests this is an act of war by Russia. Yep, exactly. So if you're willing to risk that, you better have your facts straight. And I can understand Trump not wanting to pound the table in public and accuse Putin in front of the world and in front of his own uh, country, because certainly Russia was watching what was going on, ordinary Russians. I-, I can understand him not wanting to undermine someone whose help he needs, whose help America needs, frankly, in Syria, in North Korea and other places. So I-, I think Trump did fine. I think the media didn't want him to have the meeting. They don't like Trump at all. I think some of it was residual hysteria left over from the week of coverage of Brett Kavanaugh being nominated to the Supreme Court. And I think this was sort of the outlet. Like the moment Trump did something they could perceive or twist as a mistake, they just pounced. Um, but I think Trump did fine. I think the summit actually on balance was a success. And I think that future events will, will bear that out. I think you're right. We are up against the clock with you. We have one last little nuance of this story. You've brought up history, and the media loves to ignore history. You talked about India going nuclear, Pakistan. There have been presidents in the past that have kissed uh, Russia leaders on the face, given away territory to them. None of that, of course, gets covered. But currently, the real threat, to the world, to stable economic trade 
is completely being ignored by this hysteria, and that, of course, is China, both on a trade basis as well as, uh, you know, the South China Sea activities, the uh, the real espionage that China has been doing. None of that has gotten any oxygen as a threat that's way more legitimate than Russia. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, you're absolutely right, and I would also add that uh, China hacked the United States government and caused more damage than Russia has, I would argue. I mean, China stole the personnel files of millions and millions of government employees and their families and friends, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. who had been references in security clearance investigations. So this really uh, is a very serious problem. Obama did nothing about it. Uh, Trump is confronting China militarily, economically, and I think it's important that he do so. Uh, but And I think FBI Director Christopher Wray, who, who is in a difficult spot here, uh, said that Chinese uh, hacking is, is, is the greatest threat. That China, in fact, is. So there are members of the Trump administration who are on top of it. The media are not, because the only reason they care about Russia is for domestic political reasons. They don't care about foreign policy. They're not making America's interests their priority. It's very telling that in the press conference that everyone's so upset about, the American journalists, every single one of them asked about Robert Mueller and interference mm-hmm. and collusion. And the Russian journalists asked about foreign policy. The American press corps is just not serious about world affairs. And I thought it was embarrassing for them. Uh, Brian Stelter of CNN said, well, those are the most important questions. They really aren't. I mean, the, the question about nuclear war with North Korea seems to me more important. Sure. The question about whether Russia bought $5,000 worth of Facebook ads in 2016. Exactly. That, that everybody knows had no effect. Joel Pollack, senior right. editor of Breitbart, thank you so much for being with us here on Unite IE Radio. Thank you for coming out to our conference last year. Thank you for going down the steps and talking to those protesters and giving them a, <laughs> giving them a little what for. We appreciate your activism, your writing, your service to the cause. Thank you so much for being with us. And thank you for all you do. Thank you very much. We will be back with more on Unite IE Radio after the break. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM590, the answer. From Russia with love, I fly to you, much wiser since my goodbye to you. Gregory, you know we can no longer tolerate this insurrection that comes from you and your friends within our government. You are the responsible party for the crushing problems we have in Mother Russia. I love your Russian suppressions. Um, do you know how, how uh, much I love the Bond movie? I grew up with Bond movies. To me, Sean Connery is can never be replaced 
as the uh, as as James Bond. I mean, he is James Bond. I always thought everybody else fell short. Yeah, uh, you know, so Roger Moore. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was ne- that, no. that that was that was never that was never quite the same. The closest now, I like Daniel Craig, but I like him for completely different reasons. He seems to me to be epitomized. I mean, obviously Sean Connery. He was a product of the era, the that macho sort of swashbuckling, womanizing, always calm, cool, and collected. But to me, Daniel Craig epitomizes what I think real spy craft is about. You got to be partially an unhinged individual in order to function in that world of deception of, you know, the constant, uh, this is what, of course, what I perceive a spy. It's probably much more business as usual. I, I, see, but I think it's much less that I, I think the, the stereotypical spy is, uh, someone, is someone, is someone like, um, Alec Guinness when he played, uh, George Smiley. In, in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, someone who's totally unassuming, mm-hmm. someone who does right. not stand out. Right now, you, you, you have to be you have to be into this deception and living these different worlds, sure. and so on. But it, but it, but it's not somebody who walks in to the casino and me, and immediately draws attention to him or herself. Right. Yeah, that's all Hollywood. That is all Hollywood. Very delightful conversation with Joel Pollack. He is somebody I would love to have back on. It is. Uh, it's great to hear somebody who who can uh, who crafts a cogent argument about what really unfolded this week in terms of what Donald Trump was really saying, what the best uh, uh, approach is and would have been. And just a, a good analysis of really the mania that has swept the media, and obviously they're still they are they are so um, infected with Trump derangement syndrome that it it it, it, it they become a character caricature of themselves. Well, they, they, oh, they have, and uh, the the point that you and Joel made at the very at the end of our interview that this has nothing to do with national security, has nothing to do with Russia, it has everything to do with domestic politics and finding a way to get Donald Trump out of office. And Russia is just the convenient vehicle for that. So back during the Cold War, when Russia, when the Soviet Union, by both capability and intent, was a much, much greater threat. These same liberals, these same Democrats, either poo-pooed it, they downplayed it, and they ignored the threat. 2012, you remember Rip Romney says in the, d- the debate or the, that uh, Russia was our greatest strategic problem and adversary, and Obama knocked that, oh, no, no, that's 1980s, they're calling for their foreign policy back, and it was nothing. Right. But, now, all of a sudden, Russia, after the election, even though they knew some of this ha- alleged hacking was going on during the election, and they did nothing about it other than to say, tell Putin to cut it out, that uh, now all of a sudden Russia is, the, is this greatest enemy, this seven-foot-tall monster that uh, is trying to destroy our country and our democracy. Well, as you pointed out, ch- they ignore China. Right. They they. To to and and as Joel pointed out, China is the one that penetrated our country and got actionable, usable information out of our government databases. Right, and you know, and and we didn't even get to, we didn't even get to the technology espionage that they've been engaged in, stealing both corporate as well as military uh, secrets. 
I mean, I'm sure Russia has done a little bit of this, but they're so focused on something that even this week, Christopher Ray, current FBI director, came out and said, there is no evidence that Russia influenced our election, either from the standpoint of, uh, you know, the debate that occurred prior to the election between Americans or were involved in the infrastructure of our electronic uh, you know, voting records or um, infrastructure, I think is the word he used. No evidence. And yet the media ignores the real threats. Right. They also ignore that uh, what Donald Trump has, I mean, this idea, you're a traitor. If you dare not accept totally 100% everything that the intelligence community says, you're a traitor. Well, but- you got Brennan calling Donald Trump treasonous what he did and, we, we, and the media following that uh cord particularly look at what donald trump has done vis-a-vis russia he strengthened america's military he's urged nato to strengthen their military he's providing lethal military aid to ukraine which is battling russian-backed separatists in eastern in, in eastern ukraine he's never let up against the sanctions in fact he stiffened them he's increasing u.s do, uh, domestic energy production which undercuts russia's energy production and, and the prices that you can get for that. Right. And he's encouraging Germany, trying to encourage Germany not to build this new pipeline and get more natural gas from Russia. So you look at the whole things of what he's done vis-a-vis Russia. Right. And then to say, well, he's in Putin's pocket is just total politics. It's total media hysteria. And you have to wonder how well, how, how well that's playing out in the countryside when it is so ridiculous to say, assuming Russia engaged in cyber espionage, that that's the equivalent of Kristallnacht. That's the equivalent of right. Pearl Harbor. That's the equivalent of 9-11. I mean, that, that is so patently ridiculous that it's, it's amazing they can even say it. October of 2016, then-President Barack Obama said, there is no serious person out there who would suggest that you could even rig America's elections. There is no evidence that that has happened in the past or that there are instances that that could happen this time. So I'd advise Mr. Trump to stop whining. And he did. And he went out and kicked some serious butt. That's why we celebrate, as we started out, Nacho Day. Hillary Clinton is nacho president every day that Donald Trump is. Tune in every week at 4 o'clock for another episode of the Unite Inland Empire radio show. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.